Welcome, welcome to Fire DFS PGA Fireside Chats, episode number 28, and we talking about the PGA Championship this week at Bellarive, or is it Bellarive? Bellarive sounds correct. Bellarive, it's in Missouri, I believe, right? Missouri. What I understand, Missouri. <laughs> I don't even know if they've ever played a PG Tour event in Missouri up in up uh, this one that I know. Other of. than here, other than here, I know they've played here a couple times at this yeah, course. Yeah, that's probably about it. I don't think they've ever played. Uh, anyway, you're probably right. Um, yeah. So I'm here. My name is at. Oh, my name is not at D Roger Casey. It's my fucking Twitter handle. My name is Roger Casey. I'm the owner and managing director of Fire Fire Daily Fantasy Sports FireDFS.com. If you haven't heard about us, that's because we're really fucking boring. Uh, we take a very, very cash-centric, boring, but profitable approach to daily fantasy sports in contrast to some others. And I know that isn't the sexiest thing ever, but guess what? When you're making money, I don't care. And that's how our subscribers and great community feel. So if you have not already checked us out, check us out at firedfs.com slash subscribe. Just $30 a month for our all-access multi-subscription, and you're going to get paid. And I am joined, as always, by Mr. Jason Wigman. What's, What's up, happening? What's happening, Raj? Uh, looks like we got about uh, one solid week of, of PGA DFS this year, maybe throw in one of the first playoff rounds of the uh, FedEx. But we're wrapping it up here. It's been a, uh, it's yeah. been a good season overall, I have we've, to say. Uh, got, I'd say season. we've got about three or four more weeks. I'd say this week is pretty good. The Wyndham is pretty good. The oh, that's fir- right. There's the Wyndham. The, the, first, the first two events of the FedEx Cup are pretty good. And then we done. Um, but fear not if you are an NFL person, we transition perfectly into NFL. And guess what? The preseason is really profitable. It sounds like <laughs> sicko degen shit, I know, but uh, there's actually wonderful edge to be exploited, and we have made a lot of money on the preseason over the last two years. So I invite you all, if you have not done NFL with Fire DFS, to join us. It's included with your all-access subscription, weekly, monthly, or year-long. We would love to have you. Anyway, so, Wedge, last week, Firestone, no-cut event, not our cup of tea, but I had, like, four busts in my cash line. DeChambeau <laughs> played like ass. Ben On played pretty poorly. Molinari did not play well at all for Molinari standards, and Casey was very mediocre. But Tony Finau was exceptional, and Justin Thomas shipped it. There you and go. That's all I needed. I cashed. That, did, did you cash with that? That's... I did, and I, I mean, I didn't. I know it wouldn't have cashed like the giant five dollar, but it cashed the two dollar, the single entry five, twenty five, nine, and all the other ones I played. I played like two hundred total bucks, so that's it wasn't a big week for me. But uh, yeah, it was it was a profitable one, nevertheless. How, did you play at all? Um, I um, I pared it down pretty heavily. I think I played. Uh, I think I. Played maybe twenty bucks total over the weekend, and like ten was on the whole week. And then I played a couple bucks each day just because I was bored. Nice. Um, I did straight degen action. So nice. Yeah. You degen. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I hey, it is what it is. No cut weeks tend to suck, but here we are. So that's kind of sad, actually. For what it's worth, we'll say a quick word to bid farewell to Firestone. Um, it's a nice stop on tour, but you know, I guess like you said, we talked about it last time. The the tour is insisting upon going elsewhere in the world to do their thing. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. 
and moves on. And I think they said, are they playing next year in Memphis? I, I thought I heard them mention. I don't know. I'd have to look into it more, but I'm interested Whatever. to see what happens. Whatever it was. I'm sure they'll bring something back there. I think I would, I, I would be shocked if something doesn't end up playing there. Well, there's the enough, future. there's enough garbage courses on tour that right. you know, you'd think that it right. would be a good move to take something there. I mean, uh, they can't even get a sponsor for the Fort Worth Invitational or whatever the hell it's called at this point. They played that right. garbage links course where Mark Leishman finished runner-up at 20 under. I mean... It's like five strokes behind, too, yeah, on top of it. ridiculous. Yeah. So they need, to, they need to actually step up their game with some of these tracks anyway. So be nice to see Firestone get some use um, in some other capacity. Anyway... So we are at Bellarive in Missouri, and I have I've done the course tour. I've looked through it. I waited. I had my five-year wedding anniversary over the weekend, so I just had no time to do anything in terms of actual research until um, today. Uh, Congratulations! Sorry, yes, yesterday I should say it started yesterday. But thank you. Um, this really started yesterday and today, and and you know it's an it's an interesting track. Um, it's it's always tough to categorize these kind of tracks when they either have not been played for a long time on tour, which this one has not. Um, and you know it, it's just tough. The conditions are not necessarily gonna uh, be exactly the same as they were well way back then, and then you also have to worry about you know the. Uh, the fact that technology has changed so much and the golfers have changed so much. Um, so I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Um, but the, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to be weird. I don't know if you've seen some of the pictures of the greens at uh, Bellarive right now, but it does not look very good. Um, oh really? Yeah. So golf, golf, golf Digest actually posted an article um, yesterday, and uh, they look pretty god awful. Um, <laughs> it is baked out. Like I don't know how else to put it. It looks like they had some serious issues uh, taking care of it. So it is what it is. Yeah, playing in playing uh, a PGA in St. Louis in the middle of August is probably a uh is probably tough to keep those up to up to par up to snuff or should we say yeah. um, just you know and i know this is kind of where it comes into when they move where they move in the pga championship up in earlier in the year and you can put it in areas like this i think putting it in this area at this time was probably a mistake but you know right. live and learn and move on but interesting baked out issues with the greens that that should be fun that never happens at a major yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's. I know they actually put a a notice out. I believe that the greens yes. were going to be slower during the practice rounds than normal. Um, but yeah, I we're talking about this. This is one of those weird situations where a course that's in the south technically decided to keep bent grass, and this is what happens when you take when you keep bent grass on uh, a course that should be Bermuda. Um, anytime when you are somewhere where temperatures in the summer are regularly going to get over 90 degrees, you run a huge risk of bent grass cooking out. I mean, my, we've got two courses where I live here in North Carolina and the one with champion Bermuda is in great shape. That's where they're actually playing the Wyndham Monday qualifier here next week. Um, which they have every year. So I'll probably go out and watch that for a little bit, but 
Champion Bermuda thrives in hot temperatures, does very, very well. So they're actually in great shape. But the other course is bent. And like literally, <laughs> uh, I want to say May or June, we had like, we, it was probably, uh, I think it was June actually, yeah, we had very little rainfall. Like it was almost drought conditions, 90 degree temperatures. And those greens got baked out like crazy. They had to water them so, so, so much that they were like sponges. So my guess is that we're going to see a very, very receptive golf course. If they're warning the golfers that they're already going to be keeping it, you know, um, like stupidly slow during the practice rounds just to kind of caution against the weather so the greens don't bake out even more, uh, that's a pretty good indication that they're going to sponge them up over the weekend. That wouldn't Um, make sense. Yeah, I mean, they might cut them down and make them a little faster so the, the surface is what it is. But there's only so much they can do unless they want to just kill them and replace them with, with Bermuda. So uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> anyway, so course-wise, um, we've got a par 70, 7,316 yards. We've got two par 5s and one very drivable par 4. It's kind of an odd architecture hole. But otherwise, it's it's I wouldn't say it's that crazy of a golf course in any way. I didn't see anything that was too uh, bizarre. From what I understand, the biggest thing on this course is that the greens tend to be very undulating. Um, okay. Lots of quadrants, tiers, you know, things like that that can be uh, difficult, but it makes you wonder with the greens being as slow as they are probably going to be, what difference does that make? These guys will just ram it at them anyway. <laughs> um, so we're not talking about Augusta here where it's going to be, you know, Super it's, slick, yes. icy lag putting. It's going to be crazy. You're, you're going to see these guys probably ram it a lot. So I'm not too concerned. And there's a very good chance we're going to see uh, some pretty good scoring at this event, if I had to guess. Um, tree-lined, but not prohibitive. Kind of like the way you look at like Quail Hollow or um, Riviera are two of the ones I'm kind of looking at as decent golf courses, especially Riviera, I think would be a good one just because it's par 70. You know, it it, it, has, it can be a shot maker's golf course depending on how it plays, but if it's playing easy, which it has the last couple years, it can be overpowered, um, which is probably what we're going to see with this golf course more, more likely than not, if I had to guess. Um, other than that, I mean... Rough sounds like it's not going to be too penal. I mean, I, I I would say that I would I would imagine they're not going to cut it as much because they want to make some part of this golf course difficult. But the PGA Championship, outside of Quail last year, which was tough um, because of the brand new greens and everything else, and Quail just being a generally tricky test of golf. I mean, Whistling Straits was a joke. Um, without any wind, it got murdered. Uh, the PGA is, I, I guess, I guess Baltusrol was actually a pretty tough challenge. Um, the rough there was up, and it was actually very hot, so they did have to water those greens down. That could have been a harder golf course, but this one, I mean, I don't, I don't see it being that brutal. I'm gonna guess we're gonna have the winner right in that 15, 16 under range, which for a par 70 is. Kind of easy. It's, but pretty, it's pretty. Yeah, if it's in that range of the par seventy, I would think that would be. It's a, pretty easy. So a dark um, course. Yeah, I, I don't see much here that leads me to believe that we're going to be looking at anything other than just tee to green, Hulk smash, hit greens, and make birdies. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's it. Um, it's the the long and short of it. There doesn't seem to be anything too bizarre here. 
that would lead me to believe that anyone has a distinctive advantage as long as they're just doing their normal dance. You got anything to add, Wedge? Uh, no, that sounds uh, that sounds very good. Um, like I said, I I have a hard time drawing too many conclusions from little snippets that I see, or you know what the weather is going to do and what the greens are going to play, and just kind of uh, all I've really been able to do is take a look at as, as I do weekly, take a look at the blue golf and kind of get an idea of what um, of what's going on uh, on this course itself to see if I can make many predictions out of it. And really, I don't see many. It's not overly tree-lined, like you said. It's not. There's not a ton of bunkers. There's not water in, that's going to yeah. come into play in too many. Maybe the couple of the par threes, but you know, like I said, this is going to be. Um, if you keep it, <laughs> I have a feeling if they get it down out there and get it off the tee, that they're going to be able to put it close here with yeah. soft greens. I mean, the, the the par fives are going to be tough to hit into. They got they're six ten and five ninety five, so they're 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 not jokes. They're not like the you know stupid right. RBC Canadian Riviera style <laughs> par fives that are just like here's a free birdie, you know. Um, so so that will be interesting. Um, they do have a couple of par fours that are long. Like a, there's a 521 yard par five, par four, and on number four, uh, the fourth hole. They've got a 500 and what is it? 508 yard one on number 10, and there's one other one. It was number 15. It's a 495 yard. But my guess here is that, as we've seen sometimes when these courses get all baked out, the, the fairways are going to bounce like crazy. Um, so right. even yes. if these holes are long, there's a very good chance that you're just going to see him run, 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 run down the fairway for 40, 50 yards. I remember <laughs> when we had this problem at, at actually it got, uh, we had winter kill on the Bermuda at my course and they had patches of that fairway that were just dead. They just had to <laughs> uh, take them out. And there's a par five that's like 500 yards flat. It's kind of a, it's a really easy par five to reach into. But I had 137 yards uh, in for my second shot on that par five. Uh, one time I was playing it when I had like you know 75 yards of roll. I um, love it. But if we're looking at conditions like that, it could be a very likely outcome that we're going to see something like that happen. So I like it. I like anyway, it. Uh, bottom line with that is that it's probably not. I mean, being long is not going to hurt you, but it's probably not going to be the determining factor on whether or not you do well on this golf course as long as you hit greens. Right. That in the end. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what it is. So anyway, all right, let's jump into it, Wedge. We got, uh, let's, let's move this along where you got 9K up to 11.4. It's a quite an interesting mix of players. Give me three plays in the fade. All right, three plays. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to mention last week's winner, um, returning champ here, um, Justin Thomas. I think we've. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's become pretty apparent that um, he's pretty good at golf. And uh, I look at the names. <laughs> in, You're kidding. I look at the names in front of him on this list, and I go, you know, there's there's probably in in straight up rankings, um, there's probably only one guy that is better than him in the group of five players above, or the five players above him, and that would be DJ, um, right. as far as consistency and overall ability. Um. You know, I, I I like JT. Um, it's hard not to. And right. I also I also um, 
Tommy Fleetwood, there's another guy just continues to uh, come out and produce. Kind of struggled a little bit last week on Sunday, but there's a guy that has a, a, six, a low 60s round in him no matter where he plays apparently. Right. Um, it's just, you know, he's got to keep that one kind of crappy round a little bit together more, and, and I don't think he's that far away from from shipping one of these uh, one of these big events here, which is really all he plays over here. So I like I like Fleetwood also. Um, next on the list, uh, I'm gonna continue to go to um, if it's a major and uh, he's gonna be interested. I'm gonna look at Brooks Kepka. Right. Um, here's another guy who uh, you know he saw what he did after the Open, where he kind of lost it a little bit on the weekend. Then they went to the RBC Canadian and just got just like basically quit. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean the guy shot a three over there. Bad. Yeah, for him that's <laughs> right. really bad. Yeah. That's brutal. Um, you know here he is. What is he? Four straight top fifteens at, at PGA's. Um, yeah, doesn't matter dirty. the style of course. Um, uh, came out and finished strong last week, top five. So I like myself some Brooks. Um, as far as my fade goes in this range, um, I, it feels like beating a dead horse at this point. But Jordan Spieth. 10-7. I like, like, okay, so maybe you can justify him being in this top range. If you put, if you put Spieth in that, that Fleetwood uh, Molinari range, I I think it brings a whole, uh, you know, Spieth, Kepka, Rose, Fleetwood, kind of keep him in that range. I I think it brings a little more intrigue, but at at 10-7, it's basically just a contrarian play for, because you're in, you're investing in ownership numbers and hoping that something happens. Uh, to me, uh, I'll take a pass on that one. Um, how about yourself? Um, I love this like kind of low mid nine k range. There's just so much here, especially Isn't on a it? course that's going to be open to bomb and gouge. I mean, let's just start from the bottom. You have Jason Day at nine thousand. Like that's fucking crazy, given how well he's played lately. Um, tore up Quail Hollow, which I think is a good comp to this golf course. Uh, and this should play easier than Quail. Um, I don't see how you don't like him at that price. Um, and going back to the well, I mean, I know he wasn't very great at the British, which no one expected him to be, but Mr. John Rahm, uh, the, the yes. king, the king it's, of the score fest, the king yes. of the, 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 the easy accessible tee to green event. I mean, this is where you play the guy. Yes. He's a, he's a <laughs> at places like this. So this could easily be his first major. Um, I also like Fleetwood. I'm good with that. No one seems to want to go back to the well on Francesco Molinari. Uh, he ha- oh, he's burned out after his major. I mean, whatever, man. He had one bad start, and everyone's ready to crucify the guy. This is still the hottest golfer in the world right now. Yes. Uh, he's an absolute machine. Um, and, you know, th- this place is probably going to play like an easier version of TPC Potomac, uh, which he tore apart. Uh, in every conceivable way. I, I think this guy is still a fantastic play at this price. I see no reason not to roll him. And, and the list goes on. I mean, obviously you have to worry a little bit about Justin Rose and the uh, back spasms, and, I mean, that just scares the shit out of me um, as well. It should most people. But I just don't see much of a reason to go too far above this range. Like, the the incremental, as usual with majors, the, oh. this, this is the problem with with. DraftKings pricing really, uh, yes. and it's gotten better than it used to be for what it's worth. They, they don't have any nearly as many like joke priced players, 
as they used to. You remember who I'm talking about. Yes. Um, yes. But but they, you know, this is the pro- the problem is is that they depleted this whole 10k range. There should be more players priced in the 10k range here than there are. Yes. Um, and the differential between Rory McIlroy at 11 and Jason Day at nine is is not worth two thousand dollars. It's right. just not. It's like you know that you can you can make a great argument for the differential between like Le'Veon Bell and NFL at like ten thousand and generic you know high end running back at eight thousand. There is a huge gap in production that you pay for that makes Lev Bell worth ten thousand, right? right? I mean that's that's what it is. That is just not the case here. Jason Day is fully capable of playing every bit as good as Rory McIlroy, and you save two thousand dollars in your salary cap. So I I don't understand why DraftKings has not either made them both more affordable or both more expensive. Right. Um, either is fine, but the way it is now is just kind of stupid. So for me, I'm living in this low mid nine k range. These guys all have great win equity, and I just don't see any reason to pay up. Um, fade here. Why they keep pricing Jordan Spieth at over ten thousand is beyond me. Um, when they decide they're going to make him affordable, like I, I really don't have any idea why Jason Day is seventeen hundred less than Jordan Spieth at this point. That doesn't mean make any sense. Um, There's definitely a couple this week that stick out as. Well, that's just bizarre. I, I just like, don't understand how what? the algorithm spits that out. Uh, it's it just it's just not. It doesn't make any sense. He's he's not playing good golf right now. Um, you know, <laughs> that's that. Right. That, that's all there is right. to it. He's, right. just, he's just not playing good golf. Right. So There's he's, no he's, more needed. He's to be certainly set. not playing ten seven golf. For the love of God, fire, fire fam, please do not try to pivot to Jordan Spieth to be smart and cute. Don't do it. It's not a good play here or anywhere right now. Wait till he becomes at least reasonably more affordable. Just play Fowler or Tiger or Thomas, anyone, anyone in this range but him. So, anyway, dropping down 7.5 to 9. Give me four plays and a fade here. <coughs> oh, pardon me. Um, all right, all right. So, um... How about uh, how about Patrick Reed? We'll start. We'll start there. Um, I'm going to uh, kind of go off of this this um, start in the middle here with Reed, and uh, you know, I mean, he's been he's been uh, he's he's he sucked at the Travelers. He obviously played well at the U.S. Open. Um, he's continued to um, he's continued to play overall well. Um, I know he's had some good results of the PJ championship in the past. Um, if, if the guy can keep the ball in the fairway, even reasonably, um, we've seen what he can, what he can do when he's on, um, he comes out and he can score and he's a grinder. Now, I don't know how much that's going to play this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, his, I don't know if it's going to help him, but his, his greens, you know, his greens, his GER score, his GER Z score kind of worries me a little bit, but he's also a guy that can go out there and score in bunches too. So if it does turn into a score fest, I think he's kind of insurance in the, in the, in the fact that he can go, he can grind or he can go low. You know, we, we've seen him go low at uh, at at courses in the past. Right. Um, so I, I think there's kind of a little bit of both. Maybe a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of angry Reed will show up and he'll, and he'll come out and play a little bit better this week. Um, and then um, 
And then I think probably the two most confusing prices of the week, the ones that kind of throw me off completely. I know he mentioned Xander and his um and his whatever he just did last week was. Um I'm not really sure, but uh, Tony Finau and Paul Casey are both priced lower than him. Yeah, um, uh, it's crazy. I mean, like they're they're below they're below average per salary player. Oh, it's just an, it's absurd. It's absurd. It's I really think stupid. these are probably. I think I think these are probably going to be venture to say probably the two most owned people in any cash game that you play in this week. Any, I don't think anything it's even you a play. I mean, anything it's you crazy. Win, anything right. So, I mean, we could go into why, but consistency um, and uh, cut makeability and upside, uh, they, they both have it. I, I think that's about the easiest way to put it. Um, the next guy on the list here, um, Mr. Boring, Mr. Boring Zach Johnson. <laughs> I am at, at a price range where he's at, what is he, 75 this week? Uh, I think he's 75 this week. Um, he's got, he's, <laughs> this is kind of crazy. He's, his last uh, five times out, he's finished no better than 12th, but no worse than uh, 19th. So he's been very consistent in his finishing place. Um, I know his, uh, you're starting to see some signs of what makes him good um, over the last eh, last five times out. His iron play's been, it's been better than it was kind of through the middle of the season. Um, he has he will he will continue to make cuts i think at 7500 you can slam him in there and he's going to make cuts and he's going to hit greens the question is does his putter show up and i know that was an issue earlier in the year and it seems to be headed in more of the right direction um i know he's gained strokes putting you know uh, for at least his last three or four trackable traceable um trackable outings um, kind of hit a rough patch in the middle, so I, I like I like ZJ down there. Um, as far as the fade in this range goes, um, I you know in this range <laughs> we could easily say Xander, but that could also come back oh to burn you. So, so who knows there? Um, I'm just gonna let that one lie. You do whatever you, people do whatever you want with them. Right. Um, as far as as far as the next on the list goes here, um, I'm sorry, I don't know where Sergio's price came from. <laughs> he's just, yeah. Like I don't he understand looks, it. He looks like a $6,700 golfer at this point. Well, I mean, yeah. for the love of God, he, he came out last week at 7,400 in a field. That's not as good as this one. It was good, but not quite as good. Right. Just cause there wasn't as many people. <laughs> and he's 7,400. And now somehow he magically gets bumped up 1100. I mean, I don't understand. I, don't I, understand that. It's 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 one of those where you look at it and you go, okay, so he's more expensive than Fino and Casey. He's missed more cuts his last five times out than they have combined in like the last year and a half. Yeah, I, it's not like he has great courses, you know. And and obviously there's no course history at a PGA Championship, but I know that DK definitely factors into results at majors. So he's missed his last two cuts at the PGA. Never really right. been, hasn't really had any solid results. Hasn't had any solid results since April. So yeah, that's a pretty easy pass. I mean, you yeah. want to get super, you want to get super cute and donate money to people. I suggest you stack Spieth and Garcia this week. 
<laughs> I'm with you there. Um, I like all your calls. Um, all these makes make a, make a ton of sense. Um, I think the ones I would add in addition to those, uh, probably Patrick Cantlay would be one of them. Uh, he's just been on point. The guy's very versatile. I do think Riviera is a very good comp. He did play well there. Uh, in general, Cantlay's just been uh, like rock solid. I think the the other majors are the only places where we've really seen him have some hiccups, but even then, he played well at the British for whatever that's worth, which isn't much here. Um, but yeah, he kind of got the shit kicked in out of him in the U.S. Open and uh, weirdly played poorly at the Fort Worth Invitational. But otherwise, um, excluding Augusta, I guess too, uh, he's he's been solid. Uh, he, he's he doesn't show a whole lot of signs of weakness. I would I would be stunned if we didn't see him um, at least a factor over the weekend, maybe not contending, but I would say a top 30 finish at least would be uh, very likely here, given just how good his Tita green game is. Um, let's see, moving on down. I really do think Bryson DeChambeau rallies here. Um, I like he, it. He I actually, like well, he made it, you know what? He had a Did really, he, he had a, he had a, a garbage round one. It was just terrible. Yeah. Shot 75. He had one birdie the whole day. It was just a fucking disaster. But he went 69, 68, 67. Uh, for like the next it. three days, shot six under, finished at one under for the tournament, uh, you know, ahead of the average for the pack. Um, finished 30th. I mean, it's not awesome, but DeChambeau has been very good on these kind of even, well-balanced golf courses. And if there's birdies to be had, he is a very good scorer. <laughs> Um, we've seen that time and time again from him. Uh, another guy down here who tends to be very good when there's scoring to be done is Webb Simpson. Uh, just ask him about the players. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I like Webb. I think he'll be he'll be very effective at a spot like this. Uh, Tita Green, obviously, we know he's very proficient. He played well uh, last week at, at Firestone, even with a kind of crappy weekend. But he shot 65. Um, second round, uh, uh, which you know was a pretty nice score, um, has has had an issue where he's had maybe one crap round per per event here that's kind of kept him from being a big enough factor. But he won Sawgrass shooting seventy three on Sunday, so uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I, I think I think Webb is a, a very nice play at his price point seventy seven. Um, last guy I'll mention here I think is worth a look. Um, and I know he didn't play great last week, but I'll go back to Ben Benny Hanna Ann. <laughs> See, uh, but he was due for his bounce back week after his good week. Well, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> and he, he still played okay. I mean, he had a couple crap rounds in there, especially Saturday, shot 75. But yeah, that was um, this is another course where he can take advantage. I mean, he shot 20 under and finished runner-up in RBC Canadian. Um, <laughs> you know, dude, dude can ball when he's playing well, and if especially at some of these easier tracks i mean i'm not going to deploy him at a grind but he played great at mirfield shot 15 under which is good for runner-up to bryson dechambeau there right at the end but he's he's a beast on these kinds of tracks he's he's he hasn't shown a great ability to grind but he certainly has shown a pretty good ability to score um and we've seen him do that i think he played well at phoenix too um, a couple other spots so i i like that play uh, aside from obviously uh, Sergio, who I think is just a snap fade, uh, without really having to think about it too much. Uh, the other guy who's really odd here is Brandon Grace. I don't know what's going on with this dude. I don't know where this is coming from, but went 73, 74, 71. You know, it's just I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this guy. 
sometimes he confuses me. Um, not as much as Xander Shoffley, who I think for 8,200, I, I kind of get why you might want to take some equity on him. Right, God, right. this guy, he, he is, and, and that tweet has gotten a lot, of, a lot of likes and retweets, but he is the most confusing golfer on tour. There's nothing, there's no rhyme or reason to what is going on with this guy. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I, I look, I, that's the reason we're good at what we, what we, what we do at Fire DFS, honestly, and why I continue to do this and why I have subscribers is that I'm usually very good at profiling golfers and profiling them to fit golf there. courses. Right. Well, that, that's, that's, you know, but that's, that's what I do. That's, that's the approach. That's what I learned well, over with, time. I mean, that, I mean with, with this guy. I know. Well, well I, I'm, I'm getting there, but what I mean is that, you know, that's normally where I'm very strong is that I'm able to take a golfer, look at him, kind of assess what I'm seeing, where he's playing well, where he's not playing well, and come up with some sort of pattern. Uh, it may not be like a strong pattern. It might be kind of a weakish pattern, but it's a pattern. And it'll usually tell us, you know, with, within reasonable confidence what we're going to get out of someone. I have no idea what is going on with this guy. Okay? Who goes out and finishes, like, DFL at Valero and then Wells, then goes runner-up at Sawgrass, then whiffs the cut at Fort Worth and Mirfield, then finishes sixth at the U.S., blows the cut at the Travelers, plays very well at Greenbrier where he shipped it last year. Not, not like great. Runner-up at the Open, and then almost dead fucking last last week. He lost eight shots tee to green. It's like he just forgets how to play golf. I mean, that's, that's really all I can say. He must have some very bad swing habit that he just falls into. You know, that's, that's, that's what this looks like. This looks like, you know, my golf game, but on a pro level. Like where I, I have such a bad swing habit where I'll fall into it and it's just random. Like some days I'll go out. And I, I've had rounds where I'll shoot 35, 49, you know, like weird shit like that where a bad swing habit will just catch me and all of a sudden I won't know what I'm doing. That's that's what it looks like for this guy because nothing else makes any sense. It's nothing to do with the golf course and everything to do with him, right? I mean, wh what yes. else do you chalk it up to? You tell me. I I'm not even sure. I mean, it's I kind of look at it and go. I I mean, obviously you don't get to see him all the time. You just kind of shot track most of these guys if you're lucky. Um, maybe if we were able to see him play all those holes in real time, we'd understand because it is clearly something. It, it once it goes wrong, it goes wrong, and once it's if it's locked in, it's locked in. I mean, yeah, it's, is, it's not like he rebounds and like suddenly he figures it out. I mean, he went. It's like the whole week. Yeah, he it, it just he just loses his mind, and and mm -hmm. suddenly he cannot play golf anymore on this level. I mean, he's not even like web.com playable. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you just look at the charts, it's 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 frenetic. We, we talked about it last week, but his confidence interval is is like a lie. I mean, it's a lie, and and it makes it really hard because his trend doesn't even do justice to the swings. I mean, he lost like two strokes per round last week, tee to green. That's bad. That's really bad. It, it single-handedly wrenched his trend from like kind of middle of the pack, um, you know, right, right, sit, like right around his like, the zero mark where he's pretty much neutral to like way below his confidence interval. It took one week to do it. It, it doesn't make any sense. And then you have another week like the players, and he gained three tee to green per round. <laughs> 
Like it's 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 nuts. It really <sighs> doesn't make any sense. I I have to think that there's just some crazy like shank miss he has that just like creeps into his game and suddenly he's just fucking done it's game over it's like well there it goes i'm done i'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna... I'm done I, 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 yes. I, I, it must it has to be something like that otherwise that that's that it makes him a really good gbp play because if he figures whatever it is out before he gets out there then then sure you're good to go but like nothing else makes sense here it's just, it's just bizarre so anyway <laughs> moving on um down to the very large nosebleed section. Let's go for four plays and a dark horse. There is a lot of guys down here, isn't there? Right. Yep. Um, okay. Um, let's start with uh, last week's runner-up, um, Kyle Stanley. Um, if he brings his T to Gary game, yeah, he could uh, finish well because uh, we all we're all pretty sure that he's never going to bring his putter. Um, after last after last week, had he brought his putter, I think you might have seen uh, there might have been a two way race on Sunday afternoon. But I know like what he missed like three or four, three to five shots inside of five of three to four putts inside of four feet or something like last weekend. Um, the tee to green game is just too sound for me, and the price fits well. Um, right. I, I'll. I like that. Um, Ian Poulter continues to play well, um, despite <laughs> other having than the British, e- but <laughs> other, than the, other than the British, which is which is puzzling, which is puzzling, um, and uh, struggled a little bit last week on Sunday. You know, we've seen Ian kind of do that, uh, kind of go sideways day, um, right. but um, you know, out of his man, other than the British, like you said, he's had uh, a fair share of his top twenty-five finishes over the last couple of months. So I like Ian. And I don't really like Ian, but I like his game. Um, I got you. Kevin Na. Kevin Na. Um, Kevin Na is Kevin Na is dirt cheap. He is um, dirt cheap. Like, this is as much about Kevin Na's price as it is anything else, um, considering the fact that the guy only won. He won his three times. Last was it three events ago he won when yeah. he went out and played. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he, he finished fourth and sixth, three of the, you know, two – five, six yeah, weeks ago, something like that. So, no, uh, Kevin Na, um, upside's there at 6,800. I think um, I think he should, you know, he's a pretty sound bet. I wouldn't bet the house on it, but he, he should be able to make the cut here. Um, and as, um, let's see, that's three. Um, I like, um, this is what I'm kind of confused on. You Maybe you help me out with this. Um, Luke List. Um, the Jeez. guy clearly, the guy can clearly get the ball from tee to green when the game is on it, and he has really, it's been really solid. Um, he just seems to, he's just seemed to petered along for a while. His tee to green game is absurd. Um, his iron game was off a little bit, but that really hasn't been atrocious either. I mean, and it, and you look at his putting stats, and they're not. They're not great. Don't get me wrong by any means. But the guy, you know, if he loses, if he could lose a, a half a stroke per round putting, I think that would be pretty solid week. Oh for yeah, it'd be great. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think there's, I think there's the ability here to, I think he has ability. I mean, I just look at it and I see, all right, throw the putter, putter to the side. Maybe he does a little something special. Um, his fairway scores are terrible. But he hits greens, and as, as as you see, we don't see a ton of issues um, with getting a little bit out of a whack here um you know maybe he's off to the side a little bit i think i think he'll be all right well um, interestingly with list i mean if you look at the numbers the charts they, they tell the the, the t to green game looks really good but 
a lot of it is pure off the tee dominance. Right. It's just so good, but his iron game is a bit of a mess. Um, I mean, not a lot of a mess, but when he's playing well on both fronts, that's when he really kills it. Um, right. And he's a pretty good wedge player, too. I mean, he gains about half a shot, neutral to half a shot with his wedges around the greens, which is great. Uh, but his iron game is, is frenetic. It's just impossible to say where you're going to get him. His confidence interval is between negative 0.5 and 0.5. So he's right around that neutral mark. And his trend is right around that neutral mark as right. well. Um, right. You know, because we've seen him, you know, do as well as almost two shots per round at RBC Heritage at Harbor Town, and then uh, API over Bay Hill. But then we also saw him go full Xander Shoffley and lose like like two and a half. <laughs> two and per a round. half. I mean, it's just terrible. And then like one and a half over at the players, um, and didn't play great at WGC last week either in terms of his iron. So right. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I, one thing I'm kind of talking about a little bit this week is is I think it, it, I don't want to call this course a second shot golf course. I think that's misleading because uh, I do think you're still going to have to be decently good off the tee this week in order to have a good shot. You can't be crazy, um, especially with the length of some of these holes and and just you know in general. If you want to take advantage of that fairway balance, you're you're going to need to be in the fairway or close to it. Um, but you, you really do want to trend a little bit, probably more towards solid iron players, you know, be it from the fairway or the rough. And this, this kind of scares me. Uh, I don't, I don't (laughs) like the look here. I think, I think it's an interesting GPP bet just because of the fact he's, he's capable of playing, uh, at that level. We've seen him do it before. Um, and yeah, if, if it ends up being kind of a bomb and gouge sort of thing, then then sure, you can make a pretty good argument for him being nasty. But uh, that's that's where I kind of stand there. I, I just don't love the inconsistency of his iron play, and it kind of makes me nervous at a track like this when the scoring pace is going to be as high as it should be. It's going to be that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. That's a good read on him. Thank you. I'm mm-hmm. just kind of a, kind of torn on old Luke List. He kind of confuses <laughs> me at times. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So as far as the um, as far as the what we call our our, um, our flyer or our, our dark deep, horse, our dark horse. Um, you know, this is uh, some some interesting names in here. Um, how about Andrew Putnam? I know. Oh I know. He, I know. That's not Michael, right? Uh, as long as it's not no, Michael, it's we're Andrew all right. Putnam. <laughs> um. You know, I, I, he's played, he's played relatively well. Okay, we won the Barracuda last time he was out, which I apparently I did not follow at all. So I apologize. Yep. Um, he, now, so mind maybe, you, he did do it with like nine strokes gained putting, FYI. So <laughs> okay, okay, just okay. just, just a, one little thing to keep in mind. But okay, so I mean, outside of his John Deere meltdown and his and his tribute at the Greenbrier, he's actually been relatively solid. Um, I don't expect a heck of a lot of a guy out of the guy, but you know, as a, as a one-off someone that I might throw in, you know, 10% and kind of roll the dice with, um, I can get behind a little bit of that there. I'm not sure there's really any other reason. Like when it always comes to these dark horses, other than just a straight field play. I hear you, man. (sighs) I hear you on that one. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Um, Anyway, okay, so this range. Let me hear him. The guy I'm going to start with is Ryan Moore, um, which is weird, but 7,400, Ryan Moore, no clear obstacles at this golf course. That's a pretty good spot for Ryan Moore. 
Um, guy can definitely score when he needs to. Um, and he's been very solid to Green overall. I, I just have I have no real reason to complain about Ryan Moore now that they're not pricing him like an asshole, <laughs> uh, which they have done historically. But I mean, his Tita Green trend is still way over his general average, and his iron game has been great. Um, if we don't think distance will be an impediment here, then you kind of have to like some Ryan Moore. It's just a solid play. Um, I like your Poulter call. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, what's wrong with CH3? Uh, I, I don't love how at the grindy, brutal, shitty tracks that, you know, can really tear him apart. But otherwise, the guy's, the guy's pretty damn good whenever he needs to, to show up and play. And, uh, you know, his his iron game is is solid. I mean, he's he, he, I think he's lost strokes with his irons maybe only four times in his last 20 starts. <laughs> Overall, he's consistently above average off the tee. Not like great, but above average. He sits right in that half a shot to a shot gained off the tee pretty much all day long. And the only reason his trend and his whatever is, isn't higher is because he had such an awful... Um, it was one one event when he was still injured that's still lingering on our charts oh. there. It's like an outlier. <laughs> for I can't even read the name of the event because it was... <laughs> Like way back the in the day, and no. no, it was before the Sony. It was actually oh, okay. like literally like winter last year, like the RSM or something oh. like that. Oh, uh, the yeah. RSM Classic. Yeah, That's he got the is. shit kicked out of him. Uh, but if it wasn't for that, his trend would be way higher. Uh, solid iron player, solid wedge player. I mean, the putting hasn't been as god awful as it has been in the past. <laughs> I just don't see any reason not to like Charles Howe here. Um, the guy I really love in this range, probably my favorite, is Kyle Stanley. Uh, <laughs> I'm shocked you didn't mention him. Uh, I did. Yeah, you did? how intriguing uh, I was. My yes. bad. I'm 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 retarded. I I am <laughs> not paying right, attention. Don't worry. But, yeah, he's yeah. I'm shocked you didn't mention him, jerk. Uh, <laughs> I did. Anyway, he gained strokes in all three phases. T to green. Um, plain and simple. Off the tee, irons yes. around the greens last week. Finished runner-up. Finished runner-up at Mirfield, which I think is a decent comp for this week, although it's par 72, not 70. You know, he's a guy who's just going to ding fairways, ding greens all day long. Um, I, I just think he's an exceptional play at a place like this. Um, there's a lot to like with a guy like him. Um, so, yeah, that that's a good one. I do think... Uh, we might see a Emiliano Grillo rebound this week. Uh, I like that as a speculative play. I don't think you want to bet the farm on it, but uh, it's it's hard to go too wrong with that one. Um, lastly, uh, and of course, everyone's paying all their attention to Torbjorn Olesen, which I understand. I, I get it, although most of what he did last week, well, not most, but more than I would like of what he did last week was with his putter. I think he gained like five and a half strokes tee to green and four putting, uh, which is more than I want to see out of a guy who's really humming. But the real hero of this range, as we all know, is Stuart Sink. The classic, <laughs> the king, the bald man, you know, old, boring Stuart, you know. Comes out, finishes top 30 for less than 7,000. And you know he will. It's like clockwork, all right? He's one of the most underrated guys on tour right now and basically I cut bulletproof. I mean, the guy is the guy is so – he's so steady. 
Like ever since like the memorial when he went the little a... bad stretch, he's just been like one after another. His T to green is like like fantastic. <laughs> Zero to one is his overall confidence interval, and he's like way above it right now over his last five events. And I, there's just nothing wrong here. His off the tee is meh, it's okay, uh, but his iron game is outstanding. His iron game is absolutely it, fucking ridiculous. It is. It is pretty crazy to look at it. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the guy is is just like a he's a a study in consistency, and somehow he's even improved his wedge play. He was like a yes. below average wedge player, and he's even trended that upward. The only concern with Stewart Sink is his putter, but you've got a bunch of slow ass greens. Um, that he should be able to ram it on. I, I love it. Um, I think he's just an outstanding move, um, and I, I see no reason not to go for it. If I had to choose a dark horse here, I'm going to make Andrew Sullivan's day and go with Russell <laughs> Henley. Uh, 6,700 for Russell Henley is kind of dog shit. It's fucking stupid, especially when the only place where we really have to hold against him is the British, where he shot 80 round two. Before right. that, I mean, 10th, 6th, 25th, you know, 29th, he was playing pretty good golf. Um, and, and last start was you was the British. 67 is a really severe price cut for this guy, uh, and he's better than that. I will own some Russell Henley, and I am not a Russell Henley buyer. But <laughs> at this price, I'm willing to see if we catch some lightning in a bottle with him. So... Anyway, I like cool. That. I like that call. Wedge, any last uh, things to add for the PGA Championship? Um, no. Um, I was just I was thinking earlier today. Uh, this is the. I know they refer to the um, the TPC Sawgrass as the fifth major. Major. I think this is referred to as the other major. Um, everyone enjoy <laughs> watching the other major this week. Um, and uh, enjoy. Maybe it'll be. Maybe it'll be. Now, all we can hope for, if it, you know, if it's not a grind fest, which we fully don't expect it, it to be, is that, be. Yeah. It, is, is that um, there's some big names on the leaderboard on Sunday. That's kind of what I've been looking for for a while, and we got a little bit of taste of it on the uh, on the British on Sunday. Um, I'm just all I all I hope for is a good week of DFS wise, of course, and then uh, a solid leaderboard come Sunday afternoon where we can get some excitement and some some action. Um, some yep. of these events lately outside of the British have just been snore fests on Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> let's, let's get a little action out of this. If nothing else, um, enjoy and watch and enjoy. So Amen. That's all. Yeah. I, I think it'll be a good week. If you have not already checked out FireDFS.com, by all means do so. Come join our boring little community where the average age of subscribers <laughs> is like maybe thirty-five to forty. Eighty percent of our eighty percent of our uh, the members right now are probably in bed sleeping already. Oh, so I'll tell you what, I mean for way. real. But but you know and what? The other twenty percent live on the west coast. But hey, uh, <laughs> why do you think a bunch of old people joined our site? It's because <laughs> They like making money because when you get older and you realize it's not worth hunting the millionaire maker down every time the major rolls around and you actually want to make money, there's a better strategy to do it. And we can help. Uh, yes. I promise you. We, we're, we're good at what we do. And uh, it, profit is boring. I mean, it really is. I think the Fire DFS slogan at this point, profit is boring. And if you want to make money, it's not always the sexiest way to go about it, but we like to get paid and I want you to get paid too. It's only 30 bucks yeah. a month to check it out. We got a great community of guys. The investment guide will be out 
tonight, Tuesday night, or Wednesday morning, whatever it's going to be. Um, and, uh, yeah, good luck this week, guys, at the PGA Championship. Enjoy whatever kind of semblance of a golf course Bellarive is at this point with the heat being how it is. But we've got the Wyndham. We've got two FedEx Cup events, and that's that. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and good luck. Hope to see you guys at Fire DFS. Thanks, Wedge. Oh, of course. Thanks, Roger. All right, have a good night.